All right, guys, it's time for the next Level Guy Show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Jordan Plessinger. Jordan, more commonly known as Jordan Teaches Jiu-Jitsu, is a BJJ competitor, coach, business owner and content creator. His YouTube channel has helped over 169,000 people improve their BJJ. His aim is to help and create content and courses that help you to improve your BJJ quickly and to understand it in depth. His style of teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is different than most, as its primary focus is on highlighting the universal truths, principles and concepts within Jiu-Jitsu that are easy to remember and utilise, allowing you to learn BJJ at a deep level and level up your Jiu-Jitsu game. In this interview, we discuss Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, concepts, skill development, competing and how to become limitless on your BJJ journey. And now, let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been a major fan of yours for ages now. I follow every one of your videos. You've helped me as a big fat guy roll a lot better, win matches more, etc. But for those who maybe don't recognize the name, could you give a quick introduction? Yeah, I'm uh, Jordan Pressinger from, I have a YouTube channel called Jordan Teacher Jitsu, where I really kind of uh, specialize in concepts and uh, clear objectives for people rather than just like specific techniques and whatnot. Although I do show those type of things sometimes, it's definitely focused on like concepts, which I find uh, really helps people learn, especially beginners. Now, I heard you mention in an interview, I think it was the BJJ Fanatics, where you talked about starting jujitsu because you were feeling a bit of a slacker. And you just went into it. And now with a unbeaten record in MMA, multiple uh, wins in jiu-jitsu, et cetera, did you really just sort of go into it because you wanted something to do? Or was there an inspiration, like a spark that got you to start jiu-jitsu? Yeah, just like the way I am. It's like anything I do, I just want to be like the absolute best at it. Um, just like my mentality, just like the way I'm wired, I guess. And, uh, you know, I've just been like, to be honest, like a slacker, like my, like my whole, like, uh, you know, childhood and teenagehood. And, you know, I was like really good at sports, but like I could, didn't ever take it to the next level, even though I could have, if I put in the effort. So, you know, when it came to jujitsu, um, you know, I just started training jujitsu with the goal of being, uh, the best being a champion and, uh, getting to the UFC cause I wanted to be MMA fighter first. And, you know, I had my eyes set on the UFC championship belt and, uh, you know, things kind of went a little different. Uh, I kind of fell more in love with jujitsu and, um, even though I still love MMA and I love striking, but, um, yeah, you know, that's just, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the, one of the worst things that you can do is waste potential. So, uh, that's what I, that's what I, I did as a kid. And, uh, I'm very regretful for that. But even now, you know, I'm, I'm still currently wasting a little bit of potential because I know I could do, uh, very well competitively, but, 
you know, it's just hard with like, uh, you know, a family and a business and the YouTube channel and everything's just so busy, but mm-hmm. I do plan on getting back to competing, um, you know, later in this year, I just need to, uh, get things in order and, uh, and then I'm excited to, uh, show everyone what, what I'm made of. I love how you, like, you're excelling at everything. Like, you know, you've got a great family, you're a great father, you do all these amazing things, you know, you're competing, you're coaching and you're just like, I need to do more. It seems, do you think that's a personality trait of yours? It's always like you can push yourself better. Cause I know what it's like when you feel you haven't really, like part of the reason I started this channel was because I wasn't living the life I knew I could be, but I didn't know how to take that step. You're very much a sort of self-taught person and learning all the skills you need. Do you think that's what's helped you become this kind of maestro in so many different things, that unquenchable thirst for success and for learning? Yeah, I would say so. I'm just like, you know, super competitive. And like, just when it comes to anything, you know, it's like you play any like sort of game or anything. I just want to, I just want to win so bad. And like, you know, I really enjoy like the competitive nature. So anytime we play like a, you know, it's, it can be a video game or a board game or like uh, cards. I like to like just talk a little bit of shit, not in like a negative, like rude way, but I like to get like, you know, everyone just like hyped up, like they want to win and beat me and stuff like that. I just like that. I, I just find that really fun. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I, I just I have a hard time like sitting still and like, uh, you know, doing nothing. You know, I just like to always be doing stuff. So like, you know, if I'm going to spend my time doing something, it should be something productive. And, um, you know, I just I view other people like um, that are successful just as normal people. because That's what they are. And, um, you know, I, I can be just like them. So, like, you know, my goal is to succeed in life and uh you know just have a great story because like you know if your if your life is a book at that at the at the end of your life you want to have an interesting story and you know i want to have a super interesting story where people are going to read that and be like oh man that's pretty amazing you know so like um yeah i don't know i just i don't have like specific motivation too much i just like i just like doing stuff and achieving and whatnot because that's what i really liked about your channel like was when i came in every other sort of jujitsu channel was showing you how to do a move. And then it was like, do this, flip into this, roll into this back. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, how, how on earth do you do that against a resisting opponent? What do you do if they do this? And then when I found your channel and I was like, suddenly it, it clicked because you were actually focusing on high quality footage of rolling against a resisting opponent, showing what they did right, what you did right, what went wrong, how they would fix it, the grips and just, it was beautifully done. It was so inspiring to see. And I think that's why you're so you're so popular on it because you're actually showing people how to use jujitsu, not just like re- you know, repetitively do a move. You're actually showing how to do it. And you go against big guys, small guys, world champions, and everything in between. But how do you see your students? Because like we said, you're you know, you follow your self-taught sort of self-learning sort of mechanisms. Do you see people struggling in jiu-jitsu because they memorize a move but don't understand how to apply it? Because I'm always a big fan of like the kit deal, learn the concept rather than the technique. Because if you know the concepts of how to use it, the technique doesn't really matter because you can apply it from anywhere. Are you a Roger Gracie fan of fundamentals only? Become a master of that, or you know, Ferrara who did pick three moves and became a god in them, or you know, how where do you see guys going wrong? in learning jiu-jitsu yeah i would say there's a huge problem in jiu-jitsu where people they like think that technicality is like memorizing a bunch of techniques and uh you know it's 
all techniques are, are just like grip sequences, you know, so you, uh, you know, you grip here and then you grip there and it's like a sequence, it's like a replacement system. So you're always controlling the person. Right. And, uh, what people don't really understand, it's not taught. It's like the, is the actual in between the grap like that, the grappling between the techniques. Right. So like, you know, I think it's very hard for people to navigate and learn jiu-jitsu because of that and that's pretty much what everyone's doing out there just showing techniques and like i feel like they're doing a disservice to uh to grapplers that want to learn and i'm not saying like oh i'm better than everyone else like as a teacher or anything like that but like i think i am actually teaching um what people need to learn you know which is like actually how to grapple right so like for example like you know, if you're technical in jiu-jitsu, you should be able to just be in your half guard and never get your guard passed because you're not giving them, you know, uh, inside position. You're not giving them underhooks, I'll let them grab your head and stuff like that. You know, those are so important. But instead, what you learn in half guard is like, do this sweep, do that sweep, and um, or that or this attack, that attack. And you know, how are you supposed to memorize and do, and do all these things when you're when you're not even defensively sound and technical? So like. Um, yeah, I think it's a huge uh, problem in grappling. So I'm trying to really, um, you know, break away from the mold. And I've said this in other podcasts too, where it's like, uh, you know, to be successful on YouTube, you need to be either first, different, or the best. And, um, you know, I wasn't first, that's for sure. And, uh, but I knew I could be the best, but no one's going to realize I'm the best unless I'm different. So, you know, my mind was always yeah. like, how can I do things different than everyone else? And how can I, uh, you know, how can I always improve? Like that's always on my mind is always improving. So, you know, I don't ever want to, you know, I want to be the best in every area. That's just like, that's what motivates me. You know, I want people to watch my channel and be like, that's the best channel there is, you know? And, you know, I think everyone on YouTube should have that mentality and be competitive with each other that way. But uh, yeah, to go back to your question, like, I think, um, yeah, I, I just don't like, I had the same problem, like learning jujitsu, like how, like, it's just you just learn this collection of techniques and it's just useless in my opinion like if you don't know what you're actually supposed to do and the objectives are and um you know in my opinion like everything is fundamentals for the most part because it's, you just need to learn how the body works and um in relation to the other person's body and you learn like leverage and you learn uh, you know what grips to take and stuff like that but uh yeah, you know, that's like, again, it's it's not taught. So like, it's very much, I think Bernardo's approach of like, you know, getting really good at specific things is is a very good way to improve quickly. Um, I think Kit Dale's way of like conceptual is good, even though I haven't, uh, I haven't, I don't know too much about what he's teaching. And so I can't comment too much on it. But like, I think some people teach concepts in a very confusing way, where it's like more confusing than even like, just learning techniques so like you know mm -hmm. i feel like if someone's trying to explain something and i don't even understand it and i'm a black belt that's a decent teacher it's like how how's a white belt supposed to understand this you know so you know yeah i i'm not a big believer in like advanced techniques only in the sense that like the body works the way it works and if you understand how it works then these techniques aren't really that complicated because i've got like obsessive compulsive disorder i sadly don't have the one where i keep a clean house but i've got the one where i focus <laughs> on things so if you show me a move i'm like great but what do i do with it where do i go and i found myself rolling in like installments it was almost like you know you paid 30 percent for this so you'd suddenly stop at a really stupid place because i was like well what do i do now and that's why i like your channel it's like the do this to this and then watch this and you know as soon as you defend okay you know block this and this and you know don't let somebody grab you around the head and don't let them inside this area and it goes right okay so i know automatically like i like doing systems 
and now go, okay, I can do that, switch that. And I think that's why you're one of the best YouTubers because it's, you're showing people how to apply the move and what to do, why they do this and where this went wrong and broke down. And that is really rare in jiu-jitsu because no one wants to show that. No one wants to show their footage in case they get swept or whatever. And you're showing in your videos why you got swept, how you can fix it, how you result, how you switch between two. That's really rare. And I love that, that you're letting us learn by watching you learn as you go along. But some say two days, three days, not enough for jujitsu. Some say you need a day's like additional training and strength conditioning. Um, I'm a big fan of some extra strength stuff. I've had Josh Settledge on. Don't know if you know who him, but um, he's a big component on strength and conditioning. In addition to this, um, Kieran Leferi that we talked about. I'm sure I'm butchering his surname. How do we structure a good training week? I mean, I'm coming up. I'm 40 now. Does it change for the younger pups, or do we still think two days jujitsu is enough? Three days? Should we be splitting up a, a one session strength conditioning? What's your sort of take on a good training week for a jujitsu hobbyist athlete, however you want to call them? Yeah, like it's hard to give specific advice only because like everyone has different, uh, you know, different factors in their life. Like if people are more stressed out than others, they're not going to recover as quickly as other people. Like that's such an important thing is to try to live a stress-free life, which I'm trying to do because, you know, when your body's in a state of stress, it's the exact same as being, um, you know, like being like, uh, you can't recover. Like you're not in recovery mode if you're stressed. Right. So it's going to be very hard to train like five, six days a week if you, if you can't even recover because your body's in a state of stress. That's one thing that's really important. And everyone is so stressed out there, including myself. Right. So like, uh, that's one thing everyone, everyone should work on, but, um, you know, and it also factors in what they're eating, you know, their lifestyle, everything like that. So, but you know, people say, I've heard people say that, Oh, twice a week is like, you know, useless basically. And those people are just crazy because like, you know, I think people take jujitsu too seriously. And, um, in the sense that like, you know, it's just a good time. It's a sport It's have fun. If you, uh, do twice a week, are you going to be as good as someone that trains four times a week? Like probably not, but are you still going to be good and enjoy what you're doing? Probably. And that's what matters most. And I've said this a lot in other podcasts as well, that like, I think if you, if your goal isn't to be the absolute best in the world, then it's not a big deal if you're um, not the best in your gym or you're not the, you know, it's just like you can be not great at something and still enjoy it. Like there's things that I'm not great at, but I still enjoy. And, you know, if I put the time and effort, you know, maybe I would get like really great at it, but I'm okay with like being mediocre at some things, but some things I'm not okay with being, being mediocre at, uh, including jujitsu and, and martial arts in general. So you know, I think strength and conditioning is uh, important for people that lack physicality, like, um, you know, because I've just been really lucky um, to have genetically just like I can build muscle very easy. I'm very like strong and very uh, mobile and flexible. And you know, I just kind of got lucky that way. So I don't really do a whole lot of strength and conditioning or anything outside of jiu-jitsu, just like a little bit. But, um, you know, as someone, if they're just naturally kind of like weaker, um, yeah, they would definitely need strength is going to help them for sure and just building just building a strong body because that's also like going to help you prevent injury right like i never get injured because i not only because i you know i have like a strong body but also because i understand how to uh be aware of 
you know, what's dangerous and what's not. So I always keep myself at a danger. So a lot of times people, they maybe think that jujitsu is like a dangerous sport and whatnot, but it's only as dangerous as people make it, you know, so you can definitely uh, minimize risk of injury and you can um, excel in jujitsu faster if you prioritize that. Right. So, um, yeah. Cause this, this kind of leads on because when you said about, you know, people take it too serious and it's a sport and it should be fun. I think that's a big component is I see people stall like myself where it stops becoming fun. You take it too serious and then you sort of bunker down on the, the moves, you know, and you, you know, you don't progress if it's not fun. And I think a big thing is that ego thing to people where they're, Oh, I don't like being a beginner. I'm a master in my job. I'm a master, you know, like I've got the wife, I've got the kids, I'm the breadwinner, whatever it is. But suddenly you put guys who've, who are very positive about themselves into an area where they're getting beaten up by a, a young girl who's purple belt, who knows leverages and throws and stuff, and she starts throwing people around. A lot of guys go, oh, fuck, I don't like this. You know, I'm going to get out of this. Do you find that where it's like, people need to kind of just relax and enjoy jujitsu. Is this how we can focus on the self-learning? It's having fun, exploring yourself. Cause I like to think of jujitsu is like, you know, the video game maps, as you learn one thing, the bit more of the map opens up. So you learn the next thing. And it, it's that joy of touring around the map. How do you encourage that self learning? I suppose self voyage of discovery in your students. Is it a way to ignite that spark in them uh i don't i don't know i don't i don't really think so i think that you either you know i think it's hard to get motivation if you don't have it you know i think it's like you're either you're motivated motivated by things or you're not so like you know mm -hmm. i'm motivated by certain things and you know like i don't know when it comes to like people not being very like not being happy with not being good at something i think people need to get that out of their head because like it's just a prerequisite to becoming an expert is sucking at something you know and i just accept that 100 percent when i do something you know like when i started striking it was like three or four years after i've been doing jiu-jitsu so i was pretty good at jiu-jitsu uh and then i started striking i was terrible but like i was okay with that you know like because because i knew that i knew i was going to be good you know i knew that if i put the years in and the time i'm, I'm going to be good so another example is like I was commentating some like super fights, like a grappling events and, uh, uh, with another guy who's like, he, he's done this many times before and he's like good at interviewing and stuff. And like, I asked him like, can I do like an interview, like post-match, like, uh, go up on stage in front of everyone and, you know, like ask the guy questions. And I knew going into it, I was going to be very nervous and say, and just do it awful and say stupid things. And that's exactly what happened. I was just like, uh, you know, I don't know. And I just didn't make any sense, but like, you know, that was okay with me because, I knew I had to be crappy at it first and then I know next time I'm going to be better at it. And then next time after that, I'm going to be better at it. So, you know, that's, that's what just doing this podcast every week. I'm like, that. yeah, I, the same with me because when I started my podcast, you know, I was not good at it at all, but, uh, you know, it just came with time and I accepted that same with the YouTube channel. It's like the YouTube videos at first weren't great. And people would tell me, Oh, they like the videos. And I, I'd be like telling them like, no, like, thank you. But, it's just wait until you see like a year from now or six months from now, like then they're going to be really yep. good. So yeah, I just accepted that. And people need to accept that more. They, people just want to get good right away, but that's not how you get good. Cause that's when I first started, I was like, 
I'm really good at all the moves. I could do them. Like I was in a PE class and I was like, oh, I'm a good boy. I can do all these moves. Suddenly going into rolling, I was like, what the hell is going on here? I didn't know how to hold people. I didn't know. Because nobody had kind of showed me how you start using that. Nobody had kind of said to have fun. It was suddenly like I tapped. I was a loser. If I if I was getting beaten up by somebody, I was ashamed. You know, I was like, what on earth? And I think that's the thing. It's like we need to stop taking it so seriously it needs to be fun it needs to be oh let's go i like being new because it lets me open up and learn about this stuff because how boring would life be if you only did what you were good at do you think like i'm a i kind of got into understanding of spatial awareness because i always thought being a big guy i was brilliant i could crush people throw them around i could catch people more often what i found was long legs long limbs are not good big guys tend to have their elbows out so they get like arm dragged and all sorts how do you work with a student to understand where their body is in real time before they start rolling in the mats because i'm assuming like me they probably get caught with leaving an arm out they get leave a leg without realizing it because you're so focused on try stay up or focus or what you're doing you forget you know you're going here arm bar this you know heel hook this can do you think that's just learned by rolling more or do you think you can teach somebody i don't know if you know rob bernacki like a base structure etc is that learned as you do jiu-jitsu or is there a way to learn how to know where your limbs are in real time with the matrix kind of stuff i know it's a waffle question but no no, no. i think it's a combination of both because um you know i think that when you give people specific objectives, it makes things a lot easier. So for example, we do a lot of drills uh, at my gym and like, you know, a new person comes and they start with a drill that's like, um, you know, passing the guard, but not just like, oh, you got to pass the guard that because that's confusing. It's a lot of objectives there. But if the drill is very simple, like this one we do, it's you have to keep the feet, their feet off you and their feet touch you, which mean, basically means they're establishing a guard. You have to do three jumping jacks, but if you can get all the way around to nine, a 180 degree angle, right? To like, uh, you don't have to drop down chest to chest nor self. You just need to get that angle, right? To get clear the legs, and then they mm-hmm. do three jumping jacks. So the objective is so clear. It's like keep the feet off you and get around the legs, get around the guard. So you know, I've had I've had brand new students come in and they do that drill uh, to start to start, and then when they are actually grappling, it's a very specific specific objective they understand that so there's not so much going through in their minds so i think that the more we can break jujitsu down into specific objectives uh the easier it's going to be for people and then and then they can start learning like uh, and applying techniques because everyone needs to slow it down you know like when i grapple i really um like it's kind of different sometimes on the youtube channel because i i need to kind of keep it entertaining and like be fast and stuff like that but you know my Mm -hmm. normal grappling i'm like very relaxed like very um just waiting for my opportunities you know making sure my elbows are tight first and just everything they can't grab my head and uh and then people make mistakes because they don't know where to grab they're like crap like where do i grab if i can't get under i can't grab his head either where do i grab and like as they're trying to figure it out and trying to do different things, well, I'm just relaxed waiting and I'm, and then I take my opportunity. So, you know, and it's not because, oh, I'm really good that I can stop them from, you know, taking these grips. It's like, no, it's because I'm disciplined. You know, I know I, I can't let them grab my head. I can't let them get an underhook. But like, those two things are, are just like overpowered with how much they can help people. Right. So like, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing for me. Like 
because I can be so relaxed rolling and basically do next to nothing while the other person's trying to figure out what to do and, and they mess up. And, you know, I, if I can, like I can do it, other people can do it too. Cause again, it's nothing special I'm doing S- certain things like, yeah, I use my physicality and, uh, you know, flexibility and, you know, whatnot. But like when it comes to just pure defense, it's nothing crazy. It's just like preventing inside position and blocking space and stuff like that. Everyone can learn that. So I also talked about this in my last podcast, uh, talk jitsu. I think sometimes people make, uh, they make like excuses for themselves. Like, Oh, I'm not good because of this or that, or, you know, but Mm -hmm. In reality, you're just not technical enough. And it's not because you haven't memorized techniques. It's because you haven't understood the objectives. You haven't understood how important it is to, you know, do things defensively. And, you know, if you slow it down, you can think about the techniques you did learn in class. And But people, they're too busy thinking about the stuff they learn and try to apply it and not and, and, and not spending enough time just relaxing and, and being defensively sound. Because I'm assuming that you learn sensitivity, awareness timing etc during a role you know you kind of get better at anticipating where an opponent might go or you know visualizing options etc do you find that there are like basic concepts that you drill into your students it's like you're saying as soon as you defend okay i can't let them get you know like an arm around their head i can't let them you know, um, start stacking my knees towards my chest or something like that. Are there three, I know it's kind of a general question, but are there three basic kind of ideas that you want somebody attacking and somebody defending to do? So that immediately when you switch into attacking or defending, you can go, what was that again? Okay, okay. Make sure they can't get armor in my head, close the space, this for defending, or I'm immediately wanting to open the hip and the elbow or you know, are there basic rules that we should adopt when attacking, defending in jiu-jitsu? Yeah, 100%. And I go over this a lot in my upcoming theory course, but I'll, I'll share just a lot of it now because I like talking about it. So like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we just get started with uh, defense. Yeah, never let someone grab your head ever because that's inside position. Never let someone grab uh, an underhook because that's inside position. And uh, never let someone get chest to chest unless you have uh, an underhook, right? So you know, if someone gets chest to chest on you with those grips, you're screwed, you know, so you need to use your frames to keep them away. Your frames are your, uh, your knees and your shin or your elbow and your forearm. Like these are that's what we use to defend. Right. And then our grips are our hands and our feet. That's what we use to grip people, but grips can also frame. So we need to always be gripping people, searching for inside position, preventing grips on us, uh, preventing inside position. We need to always keep our, keep our frames in front until we can get grips. And we need to always make sure our, our, our frames are facing people because um, like defensively, if your frames are, are pointing away well, from your opponent, well, they can't be used for their purpose, which is, uh, you know, managing distance, right? So mm-hmm. those things are really important. So when you're on the ground, when you're on the ground, say the bottom, you need to always be gripping, you know, with everything you have, you've got four, um, four limbs your hand like your arms and your legs you need to use every single one you have like if you don't you put yourself at disadvantage and uh when it comes to the top it's uh you know pretty similar it's like you need to make sure their frames are pointing away from you you need to make sure they're not gripping you you need to make sure um you know that you're working to to move their frames out of the way and whatnot you need to make sure their frames are also facing away from the mat because if they can put their in their grips too they can put their their feet on the mat well, they can stand up and now you got to take them down or and whatnot, right? Or, or if they put their knees on the mat, well, now they're in turtle and make them possibly stand up. So there's so many like uh, 
clear objectives. You know, another one is too, is like, you need to always put your chest on, on people to control them. So like all the dominant positions are like this. So you, like mount your chest to chest, uh, side control, chest to chest, half guard, uh, chest to chest, assuming they don't have a knee shield, which is the frame. You have the back, your chest to back, and you always want to be centered on them. You want to keep their back on the mat. Like jujitsu people need to be more, um, they need to understand more from other grappling martial arts like sambo and and uh, judo and wrestling. It's all about pinning. You pin someone, you control them, right? So what is a pin? Their back is on the mat. And because that objective isn't clear in jiu-jitsu, people will just let people constantly turn on their side. And, you know, how do you escape side control? You get on your side. How do you escape mount? You get on your side. How do you escape anything? You get on your side, right? So if you pin people down, you prevent the escapes. And how do you pin? Again, you keep them on their back. How do you do that? You go, you put your chest on them. So like, um, or, you know, there's, there's some other ways, but, uh, like your chest is the, is the main one for sure. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I feel like knowing all these objectives has, has made me so much better at jujitsu because now I'm just, I wing it less and I, and, you know, I'm, and I don't need to like think about, you know, techniques and stuff. I'm just like, you know, I know the objective is clear. So, yeah, it's like there's so many like there's not even that many to be honest. There's like, you know, I could probably write down like 20 objectives and that's all you need to know to be a good grappler and then add in techniques and you'll be effective offensively. So, yeah. Well, I am definitely buying that course because I've yet to watch one of your videos and not taken a key component, a key kind of focus on it. You know, that might be something as simple as well, you're passing as you want their shoulder, you know, both of their shoulders to their mat. If they come up on their side, they're doing this. You know, even if I don't understand the move or the have the ability to do the rolly, flippy stuff, or you know, I mean, it is. I still go, ah, that's why you do that. Okay, that's what to do there, or you know, do this before, like to stabilize the position before you did this, and it makes sense. And I don't know why you just have this knack of showing great examples and doing your voiceovers to it. It's just phenomenal content. You mentioned there about staying relaxed, you know, being open and kind of not panicking and waiting to see what they do. Is that, this is going to sound a wee bit weird, is there a way to look at an opponent when you're defending and seeing where they're going? Like in the Rocky films, they were saying, you don't look at the fist, you look at the shot, you look at the the shoulder, because that's where the punch is coming from. I might not actually be the Rocky films. Is there a way you can look at the the opponent and know that if their knee's focusing out one way, it means they're going for this particular pass? If they're shaping a certain way, does that kind of understanding come as you become a better jiu-jitsu player? Or can you start seeing, well, they only have these options from here? Can you sort of learn that as a white belt, blue belt onwards? Yeah, I think it's a yeah, no, it does, and I think it's a combination of both. Like you definitely learn over time, but um, you know, because the more you grapple, the more you see that there's not really that many options in jujitsu when it comes to like certain things. Like you can only go forward or back. Really, you can only go side to side. You know, like there's just like a lot of times when I'm commentating, it's like there's and I'm looking at the footage. It's like there only are two options here, in or out, right? So like. I think that because jiu-jitsu can be so confusing for people, they don't realize that there's few options, right? So if someone's in, uh, like has me in, like they're trying to pass through my guard, they got one leg through. Well, I know they're going to try to either knee slide or they're going to try to go side smash. Some people call that um, a folding pass. 
or maybe they're going to try to do like a quick X pass, you know, like I know what their options are and I know what I need to do to, uh, to prevent them. So, you know, I, I think it comes with time, but it also come, you can also be like, um, fast track just by like starting to understand that jujitsu actually isn't that complex, uh, as people think it is, I, you know, which like some people might think like, Oh, but it is so confusing, but it's like, no, I think people, they make it way more confusing in their head and way more than they need to. And in reality, it's like our bodies can only do, you know, they can only move certain ways, you know, like left or right Definitely. forward or back. So yeah, it's like, I think it's less confusing than people realize. Because I used to always look at opponents and go, oh, my God, he's going to do this, and I don't know what he's going to do. I'm panicking, and, and I'd be analysis by paralysis. You know, I'd be, like, so much thinking about what they were doing. I was just leaving things open, and they were coming and going in. And then I discovered pressure passing, and I became this fat beast of a thing that would just, you know, like um, the Michel- like the Marshmallow Man, I would kind of absorb and squash people and all. And I felt like I was amazing. And then I found... I wasn't progressing as quickly as I wanted to because I fell back on always being top game, always being pressure passing. And I can't remember which video it was, but I remember you mentioning about how big guys need to defend, big guys need to do the like other styles like fast passing or fast game. They can't just rely on that, where small guys need to learn how to pressure pass and stuff like that. How do we build a game where we're not reliant on like our physicality or we're reliant on that worked for us you know should we all big guys be playing bottom and like guard retention and versions and stuff we're all small people trying to control people like pressure passing tozzy passing that sort of thing do we need to learn all round and start now rather than when we're purple black etc and not having big chunks missing from our game uh, I think it depends, you know, like I think people should use their physicalities, but at the same time, you want to use the minimal effective dose. So like, you know, when it comes to I can pressure pass, you know, people that are my size and bigger, like that makes sense to do or speed pass can make sense to do. But like, you know, going at someone that's like 120, 130 pounds, like like a, like a lady or, or like a you know smaller guy, like why would I, you know, why would I be using all my strength on them to hold them down? Like, it doesn't make sense. So like, you know. Mm. I find it more challenging to roll with someone very small that's technical than someone that's really big and strong, which it might be less technical because yeah, I could crush these little people if I wanted to, but like I wanted technical battle, you know? So like, for example, there's like a lady at her gym, her name's Tanya. She's 110 pounds and you know, we have great roles all the time. It's not a waste of time at all for me. You know, I need to out technique her and it's, I need to be aware of her, um, you know, her size at the same time and not crush her. And it's like, I got to be like faster and, and, you know, use like, um, angles and technique way more. So, you know, cause I've seen people online being like, Oh, it's like a waste of time to roll the ladies. I just like, I can just like, uh, you know, curl, I can just curl my arm to get rid of the arm bar or whatever. It's like, well, you're just like admitting you're just using strength, right? So, yeah. which strength is, you know, you need to use strength 100% at times, but like, you don't need to use it on someone that's weaker than you, right? It doesn't make sense. It's like, yeah, some strength, but you use technique first, right? And then people that are, you know, stronger than you, yeah, 100% use as much strength as you need to to get the job done. It's like the minimal effective dose though. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that people that are strong, uh, and big, they should, you know, use that against people, their size and bigger against people that are smaller. They should 
you know, change up their style, um, you know, and roll differently. Like there's time and place for different styles and, uh, people that are smaller, they should, you know, use their speed to their advantage for sure. And, uh, yeah. So like I've seen it before people like they just kind of hold her in side control and like if they do manage to pass her guard and then they don't do anything, they just like, oh, it's a victory. I'm holding this person down, pinning them. But like, uh, you know, they're using like all their strength to do it. And like, what kind of role is that? You know, you don't need to let people, you know, kick your ass and stuff, but you need to, you know, keep the keep the role going. Right. So it's uh, it's a really frustrating thing for me to see, like people that are bigger, just like use the all their physical advantages, um, you know, to make up for the lack of technique. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and level up. So a lot of gyms come from... The, the viewpoint that newbies should roll from their knees or, you know, you occasionally get them when they, they move to standing up, they go, oh, uh, what do I do here? And everybody immediately pulls guard or we have five minutes of, you know, that kind of hugging back and forth with no one really doing anything or no one really learning. What's your approach? Like one of the gyms I spoke to, they said, you're not allowed to pull guard. Whatever you do in the first round, but close guard is banned because it should be an, an advanced move that you use to set things up rather than a, I'm going to hold you because I don't know anything else. So they try to get people to focus more. You know, do you have a rule with your um, students where they roll from the knees or do you get them rolling from the, the feet and they t- have to do X, Y, and Z? What's your approach for a student when they're starting a roll? Yeah. So in my opinion, like rules like that are dumb, but you know, that's just my own opinion. I'm not talking shit, but like, um, you know, because like people should just do what they want, you know, and develop the styles they want to develop. Um, because like it's a recreational sport, you know, if, um, if it was like a competitive sport, like in the sense that it's more like hardcore, like wrestling or Sambo or judo, where it's like really like, uh, you know, you got to win. It's going to be different. Or MMA, you know, if we're training MMA and you're pulling guards, like, well, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not allowed to pull guard, but like, you know, this is just mm-hmm. most people are recreational practitioners and the 100% takedowns can are the most likely thing to get you hurt. And, um, you know, this is a sport people don't want to, you know, people might disagree, but this is a ground sport. Like this is the one we do on the ground. Yeah. We need to get to the ground, but you know, there's, be- there's better sports for getting that job done, like wrestling and judo and, and, and Sambo, all this stuff. So like, you know, you can, you can definitely, um, you know, get good at takedowns and utilize them if you want to, but if you don't want to, I don't think it's a big deal at all just to be on the ground. And, uh, you know, like when it comes to actually being on your knees, I think that's pointless. Like two people on their knees, like trying to like wrestle each other down. But I think one person just is, should just play guard and the other person uh, work to pass. And, um, you know, those are the skills that we're working on. Like those are the most important skills in jujitsu. 
uh, takedown is not nearly as important. And, you know, not everyone does it for self-defense. If, if you're doing it for self-defense, yeah, learn takedowns. But at the same time, you know, I don't do takedowns every class. You know, I, 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 st I start standing when I want to and I feel like, yeah, it's a good it's a good night. I'm feeling good. Let's have some let's have some good rounds. I'm going to take you down. But like, um, you know, I'm not always feeling like that. So I just want to start on the ground. Let's just do only jujitsu. It's not a big deal. So, yeah, having those rules, I think that they can, they can lead to people getting hurt and not having as much fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because the instructor thinks it's best for them doesn't mean it is best for them. Right. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Because when I started at Gracie Baja years ago, before I'm in the current gym, I'm there. Uh, I can remember we all used to all start on the knees in GB1, I think it was called. And then as you went up into the more advanced tab system, you were allowed to suddenly start standing from your feet. And I can remember people going, oh, God, oh, God. And then they would quickly sit down again because they didn't want to take a risk standing up because suddenly that opened up this new world of like potential threats. But the gym I'm in now, they get you to stand straight away. You know, if you want to pull guard, if you want to go to the ground, whatever, straight away, that's your prerogative. But they want you to learn takedowns. They want to, so you're not, you're not scared of being standing up, which is probably a better way to do it. But like you're saying, you know, there's still a lot on the ground, etc. So how do you roll? Because I like how when you're competing, you seem to be three steps ahead you're already thinking i'll do this that'll move into here and i'll go here but if he does that i'll go here and i'll here is that just with skill or are you automatically thinking not thinking i'm defending you're thinking okay spin off his hips here put the knee shield in that'll let me space here to go up and to take a back take for example or you know how how do you think about it in chains rather than oh, God, he's pushing down, I need to block here, and then what do I do? How do you make jiu-jitsu an actual system in a way rather than just this move, this move, this move? Because that's where I struggle. I don't know how to think a route that I'm going rather than I'll do this move and then have no idea what I'm doing from there until I see another move. But, you know, I mean, I'm not chaining them together into a an expression of jujitsu rather than just a couple of words. Yeah. I think for me, it's probably a lot different than, uh, most people or especially beginners because like, you know, I don't think when I roll at all, like I just, I just completely go like blank basically. And sometimes it's okay. to a fault where I'm like, yeah, I'm just like thinking about other stuff and, but my body's doing what it needs to be done. So, you know, it just, you really develop muscle memory after rolling for over a decade. And, uh, you just, you know, you just, your body knows what their options are and you know, your mind does too. But I, I think it comes mostly down to the body for sure, because you know, you want to be you, like the ideal place to be is in a state of flow, like Zen, which is actually, you know, with the, like my gym, like the, the Enso symbol it's to, uh, it, what it means is to free your mind and let your body create. So it's really hard to flow when you're constantly thinking in your head, but you know, how do you, how do you get things done when your body doesn't know the answers, but your mind is, um, you know, you need to rely on your mind to do it. But then if you think you're, you're going to be slower and you're going to react slower. So it's a tough thing that I think that is mostly developed. But um, like I said before, I think it can be fast tracked by understanding simple objectives because yeah, you know, like, it's just headquarters is the perfect example. There's only so many things you can do uh, in headquarters and there's only so many things they can do when someone has you in headquarters and it's such a common passing position. You know, people should like, 
learn the most common uh, areas of, of grappling, which in my opinion, it's half guard and headquarters because people, they, they enter often enter through the guard to, uh, to pass. Right. So those two things are really important. And then, you know, also understanding like uh, how to go around the guard, like Toriano passes and then how to defend people going around the guard, which is, you know, you grip, you grip on them. So I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it, it can be harder for me for sure to give advice on that just because my uh, circumstance is just so different because, because I am, I've been training so long and I am very technical. So it's like, I just know what to do almost like, I feel like without sounding cocky, I feel like I'm always ready for anything, but it's not like, cause my mind is cause my body is. So, yeah. So do you think that's a case of routinely learning the move till it becomes, so you're, you know, you, so you have that sensitivity into it, but then throwing it into movements, looking, you know, analyzing the opponent, learning, you know, like you're saying, they can only go up, down, left, right, you know, like the computer game characters, then thinking, okay, let's see this. Okay, that leads to this. You know, so you get so used to that, you can switch your brain off. You can just focus on letting your body express itself in the movement. If, yeah, if that exactly. makes sense. And, yeah, and so many positions are like this, where there's only so many things you can do. So, for example, like if you're in like a half guard butterfly. You know, you can do a butterfly sweep. You can, you know, transition to like a, a shoulder crunch, like we use your elbow and, uh, or you could maybe you go underneath for X guard or something like that. But then if you, if you really think like how many more options are there from there? It's like, well, not, not a lot. So like, you know, there's a couple others, but like, you know, there's only so much you can do. And, uh, I think that one problem with jujitsu is, is that, people have thrown out so much uh, information at people where it's so hard to navigate and it's very confusing. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I don't want to say it's wrong or anything, but it's like, I think a lot of it's like unnecessary almost. It's like, we just need to keep it simple. And um, yeah, I think that it's almost like people gatekeep jujitsu unintentionally by making it so confusing. So yeah, it's something that's a little frustrating for me. And do you think everybody needs to compete? Do you only kind of truly learn like who you are and how good you are at jiu-jitsu by competing? Because I think it was Rob Bernaki who said, jiu-jitsu is one of the few sports where you can train at it without actually using it. You know, like in football, you go to your training, but you play in the game. Whereas a lot of sports, you actually have to participate in it. Whereas a lot of people will train jiu-jitsu, but never compete. So they never really truly use the art they're learning. Do you think we all have to compete? No, not at all. Because, yeah, I, I a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't like competing, including myself. I compete because I've and I've competed because I want to prove myself. But like, I don't like competing. I find it very stressful, and it's not something I want to do with my time. You know, I don't like going to the tournament and like you just feel like the the hot air, like the just it, it's muggy, it's loud, and it's like the last thing I want to do is compete right now. And you know. Yeah, I like Rob Bernacki, but I kind of disagree with him in a sense that like we are doing jujitsu, we're not practicing it. People want to act like all the time, like we're uh, like we're just it's just training, which it is in a sense. But it's if you if if you're not competing and that's all you're doing, that's what you're doing. So for example, like you know, if so, I like playing recreational soccer, you know, you guys, I know you guys call it football, but like uh, I like playing recreational. I don't want to play competitive soccer. It's not something that interests me at all because it's just it's too uh serious too fast paced too like 
it's just I don't find it fun. I, I like playing, playing recreational and just having a good time. But am I just practicing by doing recreational soccer? I don't think it's like practicing because you can have soccer practice to, uh, you know, practice. So I kind of view it the same way. It's like when you're in the gym, it's you're more so doing like a recreational, uh, you know, match matches and games, just, you know, having fun. And then if you want to compete, it's more like doing like the competitive soccer in in that sense. So like, you know, I don't play. Yeah. Like when I played, I played like men's league uh, after like, um, you know, playing high school and everything. I played soccer a long time, but I, I started playing men's league and I just didn't like it. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I just rather just play, just play like, you know, with guys that are just average or whatever, even though I can like, you know, maybe it's like not fair too. because I'm like, I was a pretty good soccer player, but I just didn't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like that competitive. I, I don't really enjoy that. So I don't think anyone should be forced to do anything they don't want to do. And everyone should just be, um, you know, do jujitsu for the reasons they want to do it and yeah, do, do what they want to do. So I don't like when people like try to force people to compete or like act like they're not actually doing jujitsu because they're not competing. Like you are doing jujitsu. You're just doing a recreational, which is no problem with that. So then how would you take, if somebody does want to compete, but you know, they're wanting to actually build in and give it a good go. How would you go f- taking somebody from, yeah, okay, you know, they turned up, they had a good day, to actually on the podium? You know, do you find, is there a certain focus that you would do, like a training camp with somebody? I mean, because you're undefeated in MMA, you're, you know, you're smashing people left, right, and center in jiu-jitsu. How do you dial in your training for a competition? Does it change? You know, does your eating change? Do you focus on certain things? Or is it all just about rolling, having fun, and just giving it your all in the day? Do you change as a person when you compete, do you think? You know, do you do you mentally shift? I know you probably have like a do you have like a mantra before you roll? Do you do anything special? How does your how do you approach competing? Yeah, for me, like I do have a little bit of a mantra. It probably sounds like cocky, but like I'll just tell myself, like I'm Jordan Pressinger. You know, I can do this. They should be more scared of me than I am of them. So, like you know, I just tell myself I'm Jordan Pressinger. So, um, that's something that kind of helps with helps me. And um, you know, when it comes to getting people like ready for tournaments and stuff, you know, I view it a lot as like I'm going to help them get ready, but they're going to their success will also be dependent on, on how much they want to win. So, you know, I never needed someone holding my hand to, uh, to train hard. I never needed that. You know, I never needed someone to tell me do this, that, and this, like I, I did everything I could to make sure that I got the win and the same thing is going to happen. Uh, cause I probably will start competing later in the year and I'm not going to need, um, any help from anyone in the sense that like, I'm going to make sure that I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm going to make sure that I'm ready to beat everyone. And, uh, you know, I'm going to leave no stone unturned, but like if someone doesn't do those things then maybe they just don't want it, uh, you know, enough, they, cause you can still achieve the results without putting, you know, you're all into it. But, um, you know, when I do something, I want to make sure I want to ensure results, you know, I want to be no, there's no question I'm going to win. So, you know, I don't like to like force people into like, training super like like harder than they want or doing things they don't want to do it just like be honest with them it's like these are things you should be doing if you really want to ensure you win and um you know but it's it's on you you know everyone's responsible for themselves and uh again not that i'm not going to help as a coach like that's not the case at all but you know you got to we got to put a lot more responsibility on the athletes for sure i, I like that because it's it's one thing to say like 
eat this three times a day, do this running, do this kind of submissions. If you're not drawing that motivation, then there's not really much point going it, you know, unless you're going there, just have a bit of fun and learn about your jujitsu, learn about yourself, you know, because it is like an intrinsic motivation. And a lot of people don't do that. They go there because they think they're going to be the best and then compare themselves so that they get beaten and stuff rather than going there and, you know, like you're saying, knowing that you need to be there in great shape, you know, you need to be training hard. And if you're not doing that, learning about the little things aren't going to make a difference. And it all probably comes down to goal setting and what you want out of it. So what about recovery? I mean, you must, you do all these amazing videos, you teach, you coach, you roll and do your own training. Then you go away and do like competition and stuff. You know, you've got a young family, so you're of course going to be getting battered by your kids because that's like everybody I know who's got young kids is constantly trying to escape them. What do you find in terms of recovery? How do you kind of deal with the bruises and niggling injuries? Or is the love of the sport enough to overtake it? You know, do you are you a fan of massage guns, hot baths with herbal salts, all these kind of stuff, hot saunas, cold showers? You know, what's your go-to recovery protocol? Yeah, so for me, like I'm probably not the best, uh, you know, person to answer this only because I don't do as much as I should, and I understand that because like I'm too busy to do it, and it kind of just comes down to like you know you got to do what you got to do anyways. You know, it's like. Hey, you can't like all these things 100% help but uh you know if you gotta you, you gotta get the job done you gotta like sacrifice and you gotta be doing things even if you don't feel like doing it which you know is just part of life but um you know definitely optimally um you know massage guns aren't like the the best to be honest like they're you know, I've referred a lot of things saying that they're kind of useless but um you know like ice baths certainly can help especially with your testosterone and, and your recovery and stuff like that I, I need to start doing more ice baths I need to start taking better care of myself 100% like I know the things I need to do but like uh, it's just finding time to do it because all my time is spent uh, working like I just I work 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 that's all I do 24 7 everything's jujitsu and uh you know that's what I got to do for my family. Right. So that's, that's how I, that's how I provide for my family. And, uh, that's just a sacrifice you make as a father and, you know, as a man. So like, that's just the way it is. Like, but definitely, um, I would like to treat myself better and, uh, recover better. And, uh, but you know, it's all, it's usually small things that are free, you know, like, like anything for recovery that you need to spend money on probably isn't going to be your best use of your time and money like all these things are free to actually truly recover like being like like stress like stress relief is like so important that's like the main one not being stressed because again you can't recover if your body's in a state of stress it's just the way it is you're either in a parasympathetic uh, state or a, a sympathetic state and uh which basically means either stressed or or, or recovering so there's only two, yeah it's binary there's only two so I would recommend people reduce their stress and, uh, you know, take care of their body, get enough, you know, eat, eat right. You know, for a long time, you know, I just lost 15 pounds because a lot, a lot of, for a long time, I was not taking care of my body. Like, um, you know, I was, I was like 195 pounds. I was, just, I was eating so much food and just like processed food or whatever. because so I just didn't have time to, or I guess the energy to take care of myself. But now I'm kind of going to, um, kind of like a transitional phase where, I'm really prioritizing my own health and my, my own well, mental well-being, And, uh, because, you know, I want to, it's hard to, I can still do the things that I want to do if I don't take care of myself, but this is going to be much harder. So I don't want to make it harder for myself. I want to 
you know, get very healthy. And I recommend everyone do the same thing, prioritize their health and their well-being and their mental well-being. And uh, life becomes a lot easier that way. I suppose that's a big thing, isn't it? Is a lot of people will be saying, but what do I do for diet? What do I do for sleep? And you're like, like you're saying, just de-stress better, you know, look to eat better, look to take care of yourself better. You know, most people, that would change them in their life yeah. and change their jiu-jitsu, change everything, just by just generally be better at the basic components. And then you can start dialing in all these other things. You know, these are kind of for, dialing in for elite athletes, whereas most people, it's just stop eating shite, you know, sleep better, yeah. focus on this. I mean, that leads me into a perfect question for you. Now, you produce amazing content. You're learning how to edit and do all these amazing things. You're creating courses. You've got a beautiful family. You've got an amazing relationship with your partner. You're, got, you're juggling so many conflicting demands. How the hell do you keep doing stuff on such an elite level? Because I'm trying to do it and I'm all over the place. How do you, have you found habits to do it? Or do you just know that you're providing and this is what you need to do? What makes yeah, you able? Like, I just kind of see like the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel in a sense. I know if I work hard now, I can set myself up for a uh, future of success. You know, like, you know, I know what I want that the course will be successful, help me financially and all this. And, um, you know, that's like, yeah, I just kind of do it for my family. And, uh, but 100%, like, yeah, it's not easy, but you know, life isn't easy. I just accept that, you know, like I'll sleep when I'm dead. But like, I, uh, you know, I'm also very lucky that like, this is what I do for a living. I think it's harder for people that, uh, work a day job. Now they got to come to jujitsu or they got it. Maybe, maybe they're a content creator, but they also have, you know, like a job on the side, but like, this is all I do. So like, Uh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. I can, like, I can definitely sympathize with, uh, people in your position because, you know, there's you have a lot on your plate just like i do but it just it's just kind of different so like um yeah like it helps me a lot just being like i you know having the freedom i have like being self-employed and kind of like uh be able to choose what i need to do and stuff like that so do you think the doing the channel creating this content you know like getting to do the bjj fanatics instructionals um, like your podcast, interviewing these amazing people, commenting, etc. Has this made you a better grappler because it's opened you up into maybe areas of jiu-jitsu that you'd maybe not venture into? Or, you know, like what what do you want from this? Are you just wanting to keep making people better at jiu-jitsu? You know, is there an evolution of the brand? Has it made you better? And where do you want to take this? Yeah, it's definitely made me way better. So like, it's just insane because, you know, I felt like when I started the channel, I was pretty good. And, uh, you know, but like now I feel like I would just crush that old version of myself. I feel like I'm so much more technical and so much a better of understanding uh, because teaching, you really learn so much. And I really like if I need to simplify stuff for my audience, it like simplifies it for me, too. So like, I feel like now, honestly, I feel like I've reached like a new level and um you know, part of me wants to prove that, uh, you know, I can beat anyone. That's like my own opinion. But like, you know, I just, I know that's like, it's going to take a lot of mental energy and physical energy uh, from me to prepare for that kind of stuff. I don't know. And I go back and forth between wanting to compete or not, because like, it's a bit of a selfish thing too. It's like, I want to compete just for glory, just to show people that I'm good, that I'm good. Right. So like, 
I don't know if that's the best motivation, like, because deep down, I don't really want to do it. Um, but like, you know, what I do want to do is help people learn jujitsu and make it not confusing for them. Because again, I think mm-hmm. people, so many people unintentionally gatekeep jujitsu by making it so freaking confusing. And, um, you know, like the way my mind works, it's like, I need, to, I need things simplified because I remember like, um, when I was like learning jujitsu, uh, back in the day, the instructor would show me, you know, teach, they would teach whatever it is. And I would go back and I wouldn't remember anything. And it'd be so hard for me to like actually get it down. And no one told me these like simple objectives. And now that I understand these simple objectives it's made my own jujitsu so much better. Like I can just, I can just like do like next to nothing and, and defend myself just fine. So yeah, I think there's a lot of value in teaching and watching your own rolling footage. I think everyone should do that. And uh, yeah, they would they'd improve quickly if they did that. And what are you in terms of reviewing? You know, because you mentioned earlier about how you kind of like muscle memory and you kind of switch off. Um, I heard you mentioning about um, having bipolar. Was it bipolar? Yeah, so I think I've been misdiagnosed with bipolar, to be honest. Maybe I do have it, but like I, I'm certain I have ADHD, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm 100% certain, even though my doctor, uh, yeah, he thinks it's bipolar, but it's whatever. But, uh, you know, that's really, uh, that's really like my whole like personality in life. Like, just I can focus on things that I want to, but things that I don't, mm-hmm. I, I cannot focus on at all. So I think being ADHD has helped me a lot uh, teach jujitsu and learn jujitsu because i need it simplified i can only think uh, like with something specific for like five or seven seconds then my mind goes to something else so like that's also why like my videos yeah at first were like really like way faster paced because if i felt like even bored for a second while i was editing it i'd be like uh i I gotta do a cut right now you know so like Mm -hmm. you know that yeah that's really influenced uh the channel in my in my whole life because I suffer, like I've got um, obsessive compulsive disorder, so I focus like shit, you know. Like, but I also suffer from intrusive thoughts. You know, I had the whole depression, season afflictions, or whatever it is. And I can remember being on medication, and it didn't really work. And then there were days I was rolling, and it would quieten it. Like my head would just switch off. And I was like, "How how do you bottle this? This is amazing." And then suddenly, it kind of all the noise would come back, and when I would have a bad session. I would hyper focus on. I did that bad. I got tapped in that. I was shit in the, you know, the pod game where there's like you're down on the floor and for two minutes you've got to defend about people who just come in one after like I think shark. It's like a mini game of shark tank kind of thing, and it's I I found that mental health issues kind of go in jujitsu, and that's like that's such an amazing like I highly recommend anybody with mental health issues to do jujitsu. And that's why I was so chuffed when I heard that because that you were saying how you used it, and I need to get back. Like I had, I got signed off with digestive issues recently. I feel like Gordon Ryan just now, and um, I started thinking I need to get back to it because I notice my mental health goes down without jujitsu. Do you find that while you're doing all these additional stuff that if you're staying still, you're you find more mental struggles mental challenges come in maybe yeah question oh no i never mind talking about my mental health because like you know i like to let people know i'm no one special you know i just i don't think anyone is i don't put anyone on the pedestal you know so i like to be honest just with everything so you know yeah it's i think jiu-jitsu has helped my mental health a lot but like this last like year or two 
my mental health has not been great at all. And um, so I'm really happy with how much I achieved considering like uh, I was not in the best mental state. But like, you know, now this is also a reason why I'm trying to, you know, just get healthier, eat better and just take care of myself more, take care of my mind more because, you know, it's just, I have the same problem too. Like my stomach was just messed up for a while. I don't know what was going on. And, um, you know, it was really zap zapping my motivation and my energy. So I was like, well, I got to do everything I can to, uh, get healthy. So yeah, I cut out all like processed foods and just started like, you know, taking more time for myself and just, I think just like understanding things too more like because sometimes like you know negative comments would get to me and stuff like that and i was being kind of like uh super sensitive about it but when you have adhd um i forget what it's exactly called but you, you get very affected by um someone saying something negative about you it's like it, it hurts you even more than someone that's neurotypical so um yeah and like you know i i really like wowing people and and impressing people which might sound like vain but like I like making like videos and people just be like, this is amazing. You know, that's just like, that's part of my motivation. I just, I enjoy that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with is saying that, you know, because, you know, why would I not, you know, but like, again, because I, because I like, I'm like a uh, neurodivergent, it's like, I have different motivations than someone that's like neurotypical. So I think everyone with a mental illness should definitely do jujitsu, even people without, because yeah, it definitely provides you mental clarity and just, time away from your mind but um yeah one problem is too is that the better you get and the more you can rely on muscle memory you can like still be in your head and just be doing the thing still and you're just like thinking yeah. about other stuff which i need to uh, i need to work on for sure but i'm just i'm working on every aspect of my my mental and physical health because i can remember being in a conversation at work and i was thinking about another conversation and i was so into like almost both conversations and i remember like thinking about like an ex breakup recently while I was dealing with a student and playing a character, but thinking in something else in my head. And jujitsu was the first kind of thing where it kind of calmed me down. It just kind of opened up and allowed me to focus. And it's pretty easy when there's a ginormous guy diving on top of you to try to choke you out. It's amazing how quickly in the moment you become at that point. But what's your like idea towards goal setting, reviewing? Do you kind of you know, do you use journaling? Do you find that jujitsu is your creative outlet? Or do you like review classes with a notebook and, you know, take critiques about stuff? Or do you find that just doesn't help because you focus on the negative? Are you a fan of note taking, goal setting and stuff like that? So I think that everyone is like different. So it works for some doesn't work for others. Like, you know, I never have benefited from journaling or like, you know, specific goals just because or not specific goals, but like more like, uh, yeah, like too much of goal setting just because like, you know, I know what I want, you know, I so it's clear to me, you know, like when I want something, I'm going to do everything I can to get it. So but the problem can be definitely is finding motivation and i don't think that just writing your goals down necessarily will make you motivated you need to you need to want it so you know like right now i'm uh, working really hard on getting more students at the gym you know because for a while i would the gym's doing good but like for a while i was just focusing on the youtube channel only and not really um you know it was more distant than i should have been and uh you know not advertising as much as i, sh as I should have been so like, now like i'm like putting an active effort into 
you know, making the gym just the best place to be and, and get people signed up in the door and just like, I don't, but I don't need to like write that down and define it or anything. It's like, it's clear to me. That's what I want right now. So, mm-hmm. but I think some people that is very beneficial for and taking notes and stuff like that. But, um, you know, yeah, not for me, but definitely for some. And what are you like with instructionals and, you know, like think because during COVID, especially everybody bought jujitsu instructionals and, you know, do you think there were like how, well, obviously you think they're worth it because you've got your own through BJJ fanatics, et cetera, but how should we use them to become better? I mean, I bought a ton of them. How can we start using them on going to class and learning at the same time and implementing it? Is that a good time to watch the stuff and think I'm going to try that in a role? and go to do all the stuff I need to do in class. But in the role, I'm going to try this takedown or this pin or this, et cetera. Is that how we would use them to sort of build into our repertoire, et cetera? Yeah. So I would like focus on, you know, just like a couple of things at once only. And because uh, I think that people can definitely have information overload. And like, you know, for me, for example, like I can't read like a book. I wish I could, but like my mind won't stay focused long enough. And it's the same with like instructionals. It's like I I can watch it and then the information just goes right out of my head. So like I need, I need it very simplified. So yeah, watching instructionals and having, I think maybe taking notes in that case would be good. If you can really, um, you know, break down what they're saying into smaller points, which to me is something they should have been doing anyways. Cause I think a lot of instructors just talk way too much and confuse the shit out of people. Uh, and um, yeah, I think you, like you need to go into the role with like specific objectives from your instructional. If you watched it, you know, you want to hit this and if they don't get, if you don't get it, you go for this. Like just like two things, you know, the like AB systems and you can find that within the, watching the instructionals. But again, I think that the, instructors should do a better job of making it simple for people i definitely agree because I, I used to ask that question to everybody and they would say do this do this and then i remember i can't remember who it was said you know the first thing to do is watch the damn things because hardly anybody actually watches them and i remember sitting there going fuck i can't remember actually putting them on i'd watch 10 minutes and get bored of it because i kind of learn as i go and I started using Evernote, which is a great tool, free in most cases, and kind of building a chain of if I do this, I do this, and taking notes of things. And it it seems to help me to do it later on. But I think that's probably a good thing is people are saying it's like you, like you mentioned earlier is, you know, look to be healthy. Don't, don't worry about your diet. Try fix this. Try to be healthier rather than I need to do this, this, and this. You know, it's kind of dialing in the general stuff, then focusing on the stuff as you become more elite, etc. I think that's a great way as well of instructionals. Watch them first, then try to use them, then take notes. And so, you know, Because how many people actually use them rather than talk about it and get nowhere? Like you're saying, jiu-jitsu, you, don't, you shouldn't need somebody to get you to go to class and stuff. And I think that's a good way of looking at it. I know I've, I've used up far too much of your time, so... What would you want people to take from this? Before I can get you on for a round two and get you on with some other great guests, etc. That's if you want to come back, obviously. What would you? Oh, yeah, sure. What would you want people to take as a, a go home message, a, like a reminder from this? If you had to sum it up, you know, you can do key points. You could say one general message. 
what do you want people to remember about jujitsu from listening to you? Yeah, I guess like my advice would be to I, I people should just enjoy jujitsu. Think less about the minor, de- like the like the minor like details of it. Of like you know, you know this, this, and that. Just like make it so simple for yourself rather than like this like super complicated thing. And um, yeah, just like focus on having fun and just that's the most important thing. I think that's the worst thing happening in jiu-jitsu right now is people take it way too serious. And uh, being someone that's been in the sport so long, you know, I took it serious for a long time too. And I still do, but like, I don't even take myself serious half the time. I think that's just the way people should be just like, you know, just relax, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I, it's not a great answer, but I just wish people would, um, yeah, just enjoy jiu-jitsu more for sure. It's relaxed. That's- that's definitely something I'm taking from this. Rather than thinking I need to be the best and think, I go back to being a beginner, enjoying it, and not taking it seriously. And I'm definitely going to take all these amazing tips from your videos, etc., and like stuff you mentioned today. But how can people follow you? You know, how can we like? Do you accept drop ins to your gym? How can we connect with you on social media? How can we buy the the products that you mentioned earlier, the new course, etc.? And how can we follow on this amazing journey? Because, you know, suddenly you had zero followers, then you went to 400,000 like it was nothing. Now you're creating content. Now you're on BJJ Fanatics. You're undefeated in MMA, etc. You're going places. No matter what you do, you seem to win at everything. How can we follow along in this amazing journey you're on? Yeah, thank you. And the best place definitely is Instagram, Jordan Teach Jiu Jitsu. That's where like I post the most like amount of like uh, updates and the kind of more a personal approach. And uh, yeah, check me out on YouTube, Jordan Teach Jiu Jitsu. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, just Instagram, YouTube. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.